G'day guys, welcome to TK's Playbook for round 14. We're brought to you by Game Day Squad, create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win, download the app and play now. We're also brought to you by James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and EFTs. Learn more at jamesapp.com. Just remember, we've got a corporate box on round 20, courtesy of James. Just head over to the socials to enter. It's free to enter. All you do is comment one of the posts and you'll get an entry. Plenty fun ahead to come. Now, round 13, very interesting, and we have heaps of talking points for this week. Now, I scored an 846. A bit of carnage. My rank now is 672. I do have DeBellin. So a few under the performance. Obviously, Lukey got affected today as well. Manu under performance. I, you know, I avoided the chin. Obviously, I was a very early seller of him. But, you know, unfortunately for New South Wales, does mean he's out. So plenty kind of to chat about because heaps of origin players in this round just got managed or rested. I just think moving forward, you're probably, you're best off having maybe one or two. Now... In terms of the Queensland side of things, we'll talk about that first. Now, Joy Arrow and Tom Gilbert are probably going to be missing from game two. So you're looking at Christian Wells, Corey Horsborough, Jeremiah Nanai, and Kurt Capel probably as the favourites to round out that squad. For me, you probably want to... I'd probably go with Corey Horsborough and Jeremiah Nanai there in terms of kind of form and what they bring to the team. Christian Walsh would probably be unlucky to miss out as well, but he's an out-and-out prop. I just think the other two, they're probably looking for at least one edge and then one probably guy that can probably play both positions. That probably puts Horsborough maybe into contention as well. But one of two of those guys will do a really, really good. But I guess the big news now is Nathan Cleary. Now, NRL physio saying that, you know, it was pretty high up his hamstring. This probably indicates a very high grade hamstring tear. So it's going to be interesting news over the next couple of days, but you would have to think that he's out of origin too. Now, just thinking about what they might do, Nico Hines would probably be the most obvious replacement, seeing that he was the utility and number 14 for game one. But realistically, if they're going left field and, you know, there's a bit of chat about maybe Cody Walker maybe coming into the team, you might want to go with Adam Reynolds. And then there was also a chat from Joey Johns about bringing a second hooker in, which probably means Damian Cook. So it could be, and when you consider Latrell Mitchell, he's pretty, pretty good chance to play in uh, game two. It might be best that you bring these guys with a good combination from South Sydney all in together, big game players. So yeah, that's probably, even though I'm the biggest Nico fan in the world, that's probably what I might do, eh? Just go towards the South fans. Not to help my fantasy team at all, but of course, that will always help. Of course, we also had the news of Dylan Brown getting arrested overnight as well. So he's going to be facing court on Wednesday. So again, more carnage that way. Jack DeBellin got knocked out in the last game. So he's that was a Category 1. So not only is a Category 1, it misses next week, which was meant to be his 200th game against Souths. And then he's also got a buy. So plenty to think about. Trades on my mind... Like, realistically, I wasn't. I was nearly going to get rid of Payne Haas, but I don't think I can because I've got three Cowboys players in Lukey, Drinkwater, and also Robson. Might be best to kind of ride that out because I do think that Nanai will go back to origin. Lukey's minutes was cut off the back of Nanai, and then I can kind of get Lukey out post round 16. But I guess with Jack DeBellin, now it's the next thing of who do I replace him with. The good thing is, Jack DeBellin doesn't lose a lot of money out of this, but still. James Fisher-Harris didn't, I brought him in and he only got a 38, so he actually drops a little bit of cash as well. Didn't, it wasn't bad for his 38, I'll go into that a little bit later. But just have a look at the injuries and suspensions. Now, Jay, Jay Arrow, as mentioned, ankle, Cameron Murray will be in doubt for, for game two. He, he's got a groin injury. Jacob Grabs, he pulled out of today's game with a hyper-extended elbow. 
sorry, Sunday's game. Branko Lee, calf injury. Jeremy Marshall-Kinn, shoulder. Tom Gilbert, shoulder. Rocco Berry, HIA. Reed Marnie, HIA. Nathan Cleary, hamstring. And Jack DeBellin, a really bad HIA. They did show him getting up, though, but they said... It is a grade one, so definitely out for next week. Now, player charges, Zach Wolford and Isaiah Papali. Fines for both, but both on their second offence. So, post the third offence, that could turn into suspension. So, just make sure you just put that into your calculations, especially for your trades coming ahead. Jared Wallace and Anthony Milford. Wallace with a three- to four-week charge, shoulder charge. And Anthony Milford, bad one there. Dangerous contact, three to four weeks. Chris Randall, he is looking at one to two weeks for a dangerous contact. And fines for Richard Kenner, Ronaldo Molotalo, Braden Hamillan Ueli and Blake Braley. And that was all not, sorry, that's not including, obviously, the Sunday games. All right, to so the games now. So Friday night was the Raiders 20, the Tigers 19. Tigers a little bit unlucky in the end, but it was a fair penalty on Papalihi and the Raiders after doing, you know, very, very well for the first 18 minutes and undermanned as well. They got the win, probably more deserved. Good to see, or Sticky, how good Sticky in the press conferences. Like, he's got zero accountability when they lose, but I love him in the sense that he just keeps us so entertained. I don't think there's a more entertaining coach in the NRL in terms of their press conferences. Just giving it to everyone. I think his little dig at the so-called experts was at Cooper Cronk. So, interesting to see how their relationship moves down the track. But just having a look at the teams, John Bateman's a real interesting one. He scored at 85 in 80 minutes. Now, what I like about his role is he starts on the edge, moves into the middle, just go, gets through a mountain of work now. Really finding his feet. There's no doubt that he was really underdone to start the season, given he had no preseason. But really finding, considering it's now round 14, no doubt they worked on his fitness behind the scenes. And he's a quality player. He's at 685k, adds another 40 to be low, what about uh, mid-700, so it's about 725k. So I think really if you want John Bateman moving forward, it might be a week to make a move on him. I do think that he is turning into a buy. He scored his last three of 51, 65 and 85. Draw ahead of Canberra, Gold Coast, Melbourne, buy Cowboys and Cronulla during this origin period. No chance of going to origin. But the, the biggest thing, I think, with him, he's got the the ability to offload. He's had two offloads in the last three games. He is starting to break tackles, which he showed down at Canberra, and his work rate is returning for sure as well. So always kind of in that mid-30s tackle-wise and gets through a bit of work in terms of what he averages 110 metres. So you've got about 45 in base there, and then you add his kind of attacking stats, and you're kind of looking at a mid fifty scorer there. So really like him moving forward as well. Just think you might need to make a move before he gets a little bit too expensive. Of course, the Tigers are one of the teams that finished their buys first. So post kind of that round 17 buy, I think that would be the last opportunity to buy him and then you don't have to worry about any buys moving forward from there. So I think he's going to turn into a really, really good buy. Bullard continues to do his thing. He's got another 62. So he had, what, 59K. So he's going to be over 500K. Most of us picked him up at kind of like 230 from memory. So a great little cashy there. The thing is, if he continues with his form as it, as it is, he's probably going to be more expensive post-Origin than both Turbo and Teddy. So a real interesting swap down the track, but at the moment with his averaging at 47, no need to even consider a trade on him at the moment. Apart from him, Isaiah Papalihi, he scored a 51. 40 of it was kind of in the first half, so disappointing second half. Now... 
Yeah, it's a toss-up. I think you might need... I think you need one of Papalihi and Bateman moving forward, or the other one, of course, in the contention is Nikura as well. So his last three, 63, 34, and 51. We know his quality. The only thing that, looking at his track record, that we do need to consider was that was with a top-four team in Parramatta. He's now in a bottom-four team in the Tigers. So his opportunity to score tries... In comparison to, what, 2002 where he averaged 0.4 of a try and then 0.3 of a try in 2021. So there's no doubt that he's attacking threat, just the players around him. He's kind of gone from maybe Parramatta's fifth or sixth best player to now being the Tigers one or, you know, in their top two players. So it's a much different proposition in terms of where he finds his attacking opportunities. But still definitely does have his base. He's averaging 30 tackles and 123 metres gained. So I don't think you're going to go too badly. Both of them can't play origin. We're talking about both Bateman and Papalihi. So I think you probably need one of them moving forward. Interesting with Clem, because Clem at the moment is just literally playing 50 minutes each week and literally just going on there just for the whole thing at once. So the problem with that is after about 25 minutes, you're going to get fatigue. So his first 25 minutes, he's so efficient. And then the next 25 minutes, it's not as great as the first 25. I'd love to see him maybe split the minutes or try to go back up towards that 55, 60 mark. But it's kind of like between Clemmer and Fisher-Harris, I do think that you're probably going to see a little bit of the same. It's just Fisher-Harris is, what, about 70K cheaper, and he has zero opportunity to go into origin. So it's one of those things. That's why I kind of... um, put a little bit more priority on Fisher-Harris because of those two aspects, price and then availability as well. Moving on, Api Corusel will continue to be cheaper. Of course, he's resting there to the interchange bench, just sees him lose another 13K. So he's around like 570K moving forward. I think he will be the origin hooker in both games two and three. So interesting one there. Stafford Toa continues to make some good cash. You do need big balls to actually pick him up. does have a great duel, which is... Great to see. Now, averaging 43. So, even with... Well, he scored 49 on the weekend, 45K. He's going to be toppy now, 610K. I just don't think, considering that we've got Ramian and a couple other guys there, I probably preference, preference them given price. Just price and moving forward, is he going to be able to sustain that? That's my only question mark there. Apart from that, nothing really else fantasy-relevant-wise to really speak of. Stefano hitting a 41, but don't really want any of these mids from the Tigers at the moment, especially with the minutes that they play. Even, uh, what's 12th play on the weekend? 12th played 39 minutes. So it's just really hard to predict their minutes moving forward. Now the Raiders... Really interesting that uh, Xavier Savage never got a start here. Now, Harley Smith-Shields plays in the centres, and then Rapana played at fullback. But again, Harley Smith-Shields just not, I feel, a centre at all. He scored eight in this one. So I know a few people were holding him on emergencies, but not. Yeah, I think he's been a bit of a bust all year, as has Jack White. only really got out of 23. Not really doing much in terms of his running game. Hasn't really... Let's have a look when the last time he like, scored or set up a try. It would have had to be a couple of weeks ago now. Tri-assists have literally, yeah, the last two weeks he's had none. 0.4 for the season, which is quite poor for a running half. So go, don't go anywhere near him. Tarpany was a little bit disappointed in this one. I picked him up. He still got scored a 51, which was good, but he had just a hell of a lot of just demerits. He had 14 demerits in this one, so could have easily hit a mid-60s. Loving his minutes at 73, so I still see him continuing to do that given the availability of their forwards moving forward. Corey Horsborough knocked out 46. I know a few people were disappointed in that, but he kind of just did his role. Ball didn't really float too much to him. He's not really an edge, but he's doing a great job at it. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes up for kind of Tommy Gilbert. Kind of seems like a bit of a like-for-like 
when you think about what Tommy Gilbert brings to the Queensland Origin team. Apart from that, Tomoko did a nice little bounce back at 47. That's kind of why you don't sell him. I know that he's had a couple of down weeks, but again, we know his quality, so hang on to him for the time being. I think he'll continue to do you some good things moving down the track. Apart from that, not a lot to kind of really have a look at. Hudson Young bounced back with a 46, 80 minutes he had a bit of time, obviously, in Origin as well. But it'll be a great game this week with the Jared Croker's 300th game. And shout-out to Jared because friend of the show and friend of Corbus as well and Corbus's family. So he's a, he's a great guy behind the scenes. I've interviewed him a couple of times and just a gentleman. So big shout-out to Jared Croker. Now moving on, guys. Now moving to Saturday games. Warriors 30, Dolphins 8. Now the Warriors, I think they did really well to, you know, I wouldn't say grind out a win here, but, you know... It, both teams struggled to put a, a huge amount of points on, especially the Dolphins, but the Dolphins did miss their two origin players. The Warriors just did what they had to do, made the most of their field position, and they'll be happy with that. They're the two kind of two points you need to get to make the finals. So they did some really crafty things, and Sean Johnson, again, two tries there. And, yeah, his footwork in this one was just scintillating, 127 metres gain. So kind of reverse kind of what he... He took a lot of control in this one, so... It, it was just, even though he had a 378 kick metres, a really smart sort of kicking display in this one. Two line breaks was just great for his 95. Would have loved to have seen him turn up. Adam continues with his big minutes. He's played 65 in this one. I love that moving forward for him. That it, it kind of what makes him in the top three props in the game. His ability to play big minutes and just get his output out there. So over the last five weeks, he's played 75, 67, 51, 68, and 65 minutes. So realistically, having a look, he has scored, what, that was his lowest score on the weekend, 53, since round six. So apart from that, he scored 60 points plus in every single round. Really great player. Probably a little bit toppy at 830K, but again, he's playing those big minutes, and I do like his quality moving forward. You could take a punt on him if you kind of... We talked about at the start of the show about origin players and their ability to be managed. Well, you don't have to really worry about that with Adam Fanua Blake being a Kiwi. Now, apart from that, now Dallin Martins and Lesniak, another back-to-back performance, a big performance. We're not really used to being him, so fantasy relevant. But last two weeks, scored two tries in a row, 79-52. The ball is travelling out to him a lot. So 490k, I don't have the balls to do it, but if you want to kind of pod play, because literally no one owns Dallin, so it could be, it is an outlier play though, so I wouldn't be recommending you doing it. Toa Harris continues to knock out 51s, 50s for, uh, for fun. Charles was pretty unlucky, he got held up over the line in one of the situations. That 39 could have been much higher, but love what I see from him, like in terms of his touches and what he brings onto the field. Metcalf with another 39. He scored a try in this one, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Tamari Martin. I think Tamari Martin and uh, Sean Johnson do make a better combination moving forward. Rocco Berry with an unlucky HIA. He's actually been playing quite well. Some good carries from him, the young bloke, so hopefully he's okay and he can bounce back in the next two weeks. Now, a return from Mitch Barnett. So he got 50 minutes in this one. Scored a nice little 42. Continues to just knock away. He's one of those guys that you really need in your team week in, week out. So he's only going to make those war- that Warriors team better moving forward. Just having a little sneaky look at the Warriors over this origin period. They've got, what, the, what have they got next? Canberra, the Bye, Dragons, Rabbitohs, Para, Cronulla, and Canberra. So, of course, they're not going to be undermanned at all. So I do, I do think that this is a really important period for them to get as many wins as possible, and I think that will put them in a good position to hopefully sneak into that eight come September. Now, against the Dolphins now, Jermaine Azarka continues to just absolutely kill it. Now, Paddy picked up 
Isako? Was his pod play, given that only 3% of the top 100 own him, and he scored 60, 66, and 77 in his last few games. So he's getting expensive now, too, because he just keeps breaking his break-even quite easily. So he had 30 break-even in this one, makes 47K. It's going to be about, what, 660K, so... Pretty expensive, but if you got him, you are laughing. And, you know, shout-out to Jermaine. You know, he's had a lot of kind of indifferent form over the last couple of years, but you can't really knock him this year. He's been very consistent. His averages are just across. He's averaging a try game, 163 metres a game, goal-kicking brilliantly, and tackle breaks have come back into his game, and it just looks like he's thriving on that right wing. So really great to see someone like himself just bounce back there. Now, you and Aiken got injured in this one uh, from memory. Oh, sorry, not... You and Aiken, sorry. Branko Lee got injured again with his calf, so he's probably going to be out for a little while. So big Val Meninga could be back on the horizon. Only issue with Val is he's made a little bit of money. His break-even was, what, 14 in this one, so he makes 10K, so he's going to be just under 300K. So it could be a not bad little cashy moving forward. Be interesting to see what his break-even is next week. Does have that dual positioning, which is always handy. Also can cover centre and wing fullback. So he's an interesting one, especially if you don't want to break the bank because, yeah, especially for that round, I was actually thinking maybe Jesse Ramian moving forward. But again, Valence Tafari, we've got to have a look at the injury report for Branko Lee because it really could set up a nice little cashy there again. Because he's, you know, he's, he's come back to the pack because he's been off the bench for the last few weeks. So that's kind of maybe... Wayne Bennett has done us a very big solid on that one. Apart from that, Isaiah Katoa, he scored 32, but I do think you need to trade him out when you can. And uh, Connolly Lemuelu, unfortunately, got a HIA check in this one. Did come back, so scored 27 and 67. So a bit of a down week for Connolly, but hold on to him. I don't think there's any need to be selling him out. From time to time, you're going to get scores like that, and he bounce back with a 55-60. So he's had a great season, so... You're going to have to expect some down weeks from time to time. Now, moving on to the next game, the Titans 28 to the Rabbitohs 46. So a good win by the Rabbitohs, considering that they were down by eight at the halftime break, and the Titans just really fell in a the hole. They did start both Tino and David Feed from the bench. Feed only playing 33 minutes in this one, so he came in the second half, looked cold as hell, and maybe they shouldn't have just played him at all, maybe just maybe started him. But Tino got 60 minutes out, scored a junk try in the end for a 72. Tanner Boyd looked great, nearly went over himself, then set up a nice little try there. Continues to go from strength to strength. I think that Tanner Boyd pretty much is more expensive than Cookie at the moment. So an interesting one there. He's got that dual, pos- he's good dual positioning. So at the moment, I'm a holder at the moment. No need to sell him. But it's one of those things that if I can sell him straight for Cookie... Geez, that sounds really, really just arousing for me because you know what the kind of quality is of Cookie moving forward. Now, apart from him, I don't think you'd only be going anywhere near anywhere other Titans. Now, Aaron Clark, 26 minutes only in this one. You'd have to think that they would play, considering how weak they are in the middle. Aaron Clark, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but given his form at the back end of the last year, what we saw him at lock, you'd think that he would get at least... Maybe 50 minutes, and he'd be a, a good fantasy prospect from there, but just really hasn't happened for him moving away from Hooker this year. And just having a look at his season is, well, he hasn't played more than 50 minutes, and generally it's in kind of that 30, no more than 40 range. His PPM has dropped two to 0.74. So, yeah, really disappointing, because last year at Locke, he got a few games there. He got three games there for a 51 average from 57 minutes, a PPM of point. Eight nine, so something has definitely. I don't know if he's carrying some nigglies, but definitely not the same player that he was last season. Apart from that, we're not looking at too many other 
Titans players, but it is, I guess, with Dave Fafita becoming so expensive earlier in the season, I think at 934k, he had a break even of 58 in this one. So he kind of, what, chops, what, 45k, which is puts him back under 900k. So if we can kind of get him towards that low 800s by the end of kind of the origin period, then he becomes a buy again. So not the worst thing ever to happen over for us on the fantasy sense. Now, Rabbitohs, we talked about that man, Cookie. Cookie had a little bit more run meters in this one, getting towards 49, set up a nice try for Cody Walker. So it's more of kind of what we need to see moving forward. He's had a great price, right? So I don't think, again, we've seen all these gun players, the likes of Teddy and Turbo at these kind of prices, and Ponga as well, that you would never think possible. Now, he had 6K, had a break even of 45, so he's just going to pretty much be on 700K on the dot. Again, that's really cheap. The only thing that I do worry about with Damien Cook is Joe Jones was talking about the need for New South Wales to carry a second hooker moving forward. So is that going to be Reese Robson? Is it going to be Damien Cook? You probably think it's going to be Cookie, considering that you know Fittler did say he was unlucky to miss out on Origin 1 team. So you have to think he's probably the most likely there. So Cameron Murray... He picked up a groin injury in this one, started from the bench as well. So he scored a 26. So he had a break even of 63. So that 26 puts him literally 40K under. It's going to be about 668K with another huge break even to come. You're going to probably think that he's going to get managed given the ladder position as well now, the bunnies. So really interesting stuff. We could easily pick him up post-origin around that. Around that uh, kind of like low 600. So... Just having a look at the ladder going into the Sunday games. Yeah, Rabideau's still flying there. They're in two kind of third positions with Sunday games still to come. Hosty scored a 36 to throw it in our face just the week we trade him out. So Totola, not as good as this one. Got a, got more minutes, 52 in this one, but could only knock out a 37. Had a few demerits there that he'll have to get rid of to be a consistent scorer week to week. Hamley Sele, he scored a nice little try towards the end. Nice little PPM. Could be a nice little hold there during the origin period considering that Murray's likely to kind of get his minutes kind of managed. We also saw Jai Arrow walk off with his ankle injury as well. So no need to be selling any of those kind of guys. Hosty, do you really want him? I'm going to say no. So no need to have him. Keon Kolomatangi. Now, he could be in line for origin given his, like he was right in the mix moving forward. He had a 72 break even. So even with a 67, he actually loses money. He's in scintillating form. He's got a great try on this one, hitting some great holes, busting tackles, can play between the mid and also edges. I think they'll need him to do that moving forward. Plays huge minutes as well. So I don't mind him as a buy. Only thing as well is just that origin warning. But if he's kind of there in that kind of round 19, he would definitely be a consideration with the likes of Nicara and Isaiah Papali and Bateman as one of the guys, I think, or maybe two of the guys that you need moving forward. So, moving on to the last game for the Saturday. I was actually at this game. The Broncos 20 defeated the Sharks 12. If you have a look at the stats, you would have no idea what the... You'd you'd laugh at the scoreline, right? Because the Sharks dominated possession, dominated the red zone, dominated line breaks. They had 50 missed tackles in this one. And they just did not produce what we wanted to. So, it looked like they literally had zero game plan, especially when they hit the 20. I was talking to my mate who I was at the game with, and it was like they nearly needed to take it back outside the 20 because they were making line breaks for fun. 
especially down the left edge with Ronaldo. And then Nicaro was just playing some scintillating footy. He scored a 58. I do think that he should be in your sights moving forward. Just as a complete package there. Nico Hines, he scored a 62. Most of it in the first half. Just couldn't get going in the second half. So he's got a, he had a few missed tackles in this one. Well, he had five missed tackles and an error. So what's that? 12 in demerit. So he's got to be better week to week. Jesse Ramian, I thought his touches was great. More touches than in recent weeks. He lost a hell of a lot of weight over the preseason, and I was a little bit concerned for him. But his price is great, 473. Now, just having a look where his pricing is going to be with a score of 50, break even of 33. So not getting away, 17K, 490K is going to be around when we open come Monday morning. But again, that's two 50s in the three games. So 51, 36, and 50. 50 without a try is great. 36 without a try last week was great. What's really noticeable is tackle break starting to come back in. His offloads is definitely starting to come back in. He's had three against Manly. Nothing against the Knights, but another three against the Bronx. And then his work rate has been quite good as well. Meters gained over the last three games, 183, 164, and 218. So definitely if you want to round 16 and 19 center, I definitely think that Jesse Raymond will be a nice little purchase moving forward. Their draw, Broncos, Melbourne, Canterbury, Dragons and Tigers. So they do have a relatively soft draw. They are the flat track bullies. I'm a big fan, but we have to be better than that. The Broncos absolutely owned us early in the middle. I just think that Fitzy's got a big call to make in terms of Wade Graham. I don't think you can carry Wade Graham and Dal Finucane in the same team. They're too like-for-like, and they're both past their primes, unfortunately. I know they bring a lot of leadership to the table, but I don't think that can just keep you in the team week to week. Matt Moylan, he had a couple of really bad errors in this one that led to tries. Given that Braden... Braden Trindle is killing him in reserve grade. He's been killing him when he that first three weeks that he had in first grade. There is going to be a bit of a shoot-off if Hines doesn't get dropped from the New South Wales team. So if Hines is unavailable, the halves will be, again, Trindle and Moylan. So for me, I think they do need to rearrange that left edge. If I was the coach, I would be moving Sifatalakai back to a middle roll off the bench. Middle roll and then a little bit of a replace Teague to finish the game. I would be having Connor Tracy get left centre every day of the week. I think he's one of the real good players in the NRL. Brings a lot of energy to the team. Has great carries, as does Siffer does, but he's just more a pure out-and-out centre. And I just think that Siffer can add a little bit more starch to a middle that just lacks just a little bit of punch up the guts. So that's even coming from a Sharkies fan like me. Love what I saw from Will Kennedy. Probably don't want to buy him on a fantasy sense, but Will Kennedy this year, he's one of the leading try scorers. Really improved in that area. And he's averaging one try a game and 163 metres gain. One of the most, again, backing up from his 2021 season, because I think last year was more about him learning Fitzy's style. This year, well, he's just all over it. One try, he's, he's just support players, just really, really improved. Line breaks through the roof. Still puts on some tries, some line breaks. I really love what I'm seeing from Will. Some great hands there. Safe under the high ball as well. So some great... Great play there. Great to see Reese Walsh play live again in person. I've done that twice now after Magic Round, but he had a couple of cracking try saves there in this one. Scored a 59 after a quieter first half, but just all quality. I sold him. I don't think we can get him back given their buy kind of schedule, but it is what it is. Tony Staggs, I thought that was easily his best game for the season. Just really ran with purpose. Eight tackle breaks in this one. Back to the old Katoni. Katoni, sorry. He's relatively cheap, so I'm not saying to go buy him, but it's one of those things that 
got to be on the radar for some of these, you know, busted guns that are actually returning back to form. Now, he adds 30K, still at 420K. So if you can kind of see maybe some back-to-back performances from him, you might consider him if you've got a little bit of cash and you want to back up centre. But apart from that, wouldn't be going anywhere near him considering kind of what we've seen. Payne Haas played 56 minutes. Carrigan, what, he played 50. Flegler, 41. So all managed there. So it's one of those things. I wouldn't be holding on to all of them. Just pick the two Origin players, like I said at the top of the show, to hold and then just move forward with a few of these really gun Kiwis that are really just emerging there at the moment. Apart from that, Reynolds, he got another 50. The wind out there at Shark Park was quite atrocious, so it was good to see. He was really managed the game really, really well and then then the conditions as well. Couldn't really see that on TV, I'm sure, if you saw on the game, but Definitely being at the ground, the wind was a lot stronger than kind of what it seemed when I watched the kind of mini when I got home. Apart from that, I wouldn't... So Herbie, even though Herbie might be a little bit too expensive, he got a 64 on this one. It was all kind of in the second half, really. A beautiful try, carve-up of Jesse Ramian and Nico on that one. He adds, what, 25K. Low 600s, again, not a favourable buy period. They've got, they got all their buys kind of coming up even this next little period. So that's the problem with picking up these Broncos players is you're going to lose them three times. So, yeah, that just takes the value out of them. I'd probably be sticking clear a little bit of them considering that factor and the fact that there is a few like-for-like right across the teams. All right, turning to the Sunday games. The Roosters 25, the Doggies 24. Now, the Roosters charging back late. Really, the Doggies did dominate for a lot of this game, and then, well, they got really hurt by that Reed Marnie HIO just before half time. but Addo Carr was in great form in this one, so obviously just playing his normal position on the left wing. I'm sure that Freddie's probably taking notice of that, but it was all about James Tedesco on this one, really coming back and bouncing back, just throwing it back in the critics' faces in this one. Had two tries in this one, as well as a try assist for 70 fantasy points. So I wouldn't be buying him just yet till after Origin, but given the Roosters are one of the first teams to finish their buy post-Origin, definitely would be investing into Teddy. Elsewhere, well, Jake Turpin ended up being a great buy because Drew Hutchinson dropped off the interchange. They did bring in young Sandon Smith, who was pretty good for his for his 18 minutes. Only scored five fantasy points, but it was all about Jake Turpin. What was really noticeable in this one, because we all know he's a great defensive hooker, he actually ran the footy and made some really good sort of attacking raids. Had 47... Uh, sorry, only had 10 metres game, but a couple of really, really just dangerous plays in this one. So, showed a little bit of skill that he just generally doesn't show on a week-to-week basis. So, great to see him score a 54. If you've got the trades and you need to get someone out for a great cashy, I think, moving forward, I think you're still going to probably see him for another five weeks at least. So, I think Chase was saying at least six weeks away. So, he makes 30K. You've had a good look. 330, what, 370K is going to be. Still think it's a pretty good investment. We'll have a very low break even coming to the next game. If you're holding someone like a Marshall King, I think you should definitely invest, especially for round 16. Elsewhere, I really like the work of Statili Tupanu. I only got 51 minutes, so if that does increase, I know he's only holding the spot for Rads, but I know a few people, if you're just looking for a cheaper edge, not a bad investment. Joseph Sawyer Lee, he ended up scoring a 37. Switch back to the right wing, where I do think that he needs to stay. He was obviously goal-kicking. They should have never taken that kick from 42 metres out. He just doesn't have a long radar on there. But some better carries. He was pretty much... Yeah, he had 105 metres gain. Really strong carry into Reed Marnie as well. So running the football well. Got caught out. I wouldn't say he got caught out a couple of times with Addo Carr's tries. It's one of those things on the inside of him. His Corey Allen wasn't actually the greatest defensive centre 
Hopefully Walker is back soon. I can see him just coming straight back into the halves. Manu should push back into the centres because realistically Manu's not a 5'8". Was kind of, even though he had six tackle breaks, 118 metres gained, not the best defensive performance. And just apart from that, didn't have one of his better games. Just just found it a little bit difficult to get his run game. Even though it was 118 run metres, they just weren't effective. I just think he'll be a lot better at centre, be able to use his kind of flick pass and do better that way. Angus Crichton, again, only 29 minutes in this one, so pretty much showing that he is nowhere near where he needs to be. Loses, what, another 40k, so we'll kind of be at 580k. It's one of those things. You need to see him string some back-to-back just performances before you can invest anywhere near Angus Crichton. Apart from that, wouldn't be going near anyone else. Just the job security and the rotation around their forwards, Nat Butcher and Egan Butcher. They're playing 80 minutes this week, but what's it going to be next week? You just don't know, so I'd probably be sticking clear of them for the time being. Now, the Doggies, some good performances there. Jacob Preston, another 53 for them. So if you're holding all the way, I sold a long time ago, but if you're holding all the way into now, you may as well hold him for the round 16 buy period and then maybe consider that round 17 buy is the time that you do sell him out. Pango Jr., yeah, he's got a good try there. Great pickup, 50 or 51 minutes there. So no need to actually go buy him or anything like that. It's just a good, just a tracker of his score. Could be valuable with his jewel somewhere down the track, but no need to be going into him. Carl scored another 32, so just keeps continuing to make some good cash. What he puts on another, what, 25K or so to be kind of that low 325K. So a nice little cashy there. I think if you've got Eli Katoa, I'll just probably straight switch them because I think Eli Katoa is kind of coming at the end of his money making, while I think Carl continue to make money from week to week. Apart from that, Maxi King, he only got 38 minutes in this one. I know Shawnee was very high on him on the Tuesday show, so probably needs to be seeing a little bit more. Probably still irritating. I think he had a rib injury from from memory. So for me, I wouldn't be going near him until he actually hit some really big minutes. It's an interesting space, that mid sort of rotation, especially for that round 16 buy. I'm pretty covered for round 19, just round 16. I might play one mid short. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do moving forward. Matt Burton only a 44 in this one. Yeah, it's just one of those things that Carl actually has, he had 207 kick metres and Burden 272. So they're actually quite balanced at the moment. So, yeah, wouldn't be going after Matt Burden because we, we did have that expectation even with the seven on his with six on his back that he'd be having huge kick metres. It's just not really kind of unfolding as we expected. Now, the second game on Sunday, the Cowboys 45, the Storm 20. Now, it was very, very tight towards half time, but the Cowboys, I felt, were unlucky to be going into the break that close. Now, they turned it on in the second half, and oh, it's all kind of around Drinkwater and Robson. Now, if you, you weren't keeping stats of kind of what they did. You'd think they both tunned up, but Robson scored a 55, which was good. Drinkwater a 49, which is also very good with two try assists, but he just everything revolves around him. So wouldn't surprise me if actually keep, if we, you know, don't have to trade him out because the way he's playing at the moment and the amount of touches that he gets on the ball, he's exactly what I kind of want in a wing fullback. So no need to be getting rid of either of these two. I know they've got their buy schedules coming. The Cowboys got their buy next week. So for me, I'm losing Lukey, Drinkwater, and then also Robson. But Lukey was outstanding to start. And then he had a really weird interchange where he came off after 29 minutes and then didn't come back on to the last five. Scored 38 in 34 minutes. Had a couple of good offloads. Had one try this where the ball was a million miles forward, but it was still a pretty good offload. But in the time that he actually had on the field, I thought he was very, very good. Jeremiah Nanai, he had 37 fantasy points in 55, but what he did do was I think he came back in the reckoning for State of Origin. Now, we know his quality. 
And I know Billy Slater, you know, he had him for three games last year. They need an edge to replace one of, what, either Gilbert or Arrow. So wouldn't surprise me if Jeremiah Nanai ends up on the interchange bench there for the Queenslanders. We know his quality. That was easily his best, even in only 55 minutes. So that's probably the reason why I probably wouldn't trade out Lukey for the fact that I probably want... Uh, it's kind of like not a panic trade, but... I just think that we probably need a little bit more certainty going into round 16. Like, does Freddie drop Nico? Like, there's a lot of different things. Like, what happens now with Dylan Brown? Like, I just don't think you need to be rushing out to make any trades until we got some certainty around round 16. Apart from that, just having a look, uh, Valame actually was, was quite outstanding. He replaced Kyle Felt, who was 18th man. But it'd be interesting to see where they track moving forward. But Valame is actually an interesting dual position player there. So he makes 30k to 360k. Now, I don't think he's going to be scoring three tries every week. But it's an interesting one. Plays on that right wing where plenty of ball does get seen from the Cowboys. So I wouldn't be... For me, I wouldn't be buying him, but if you're kind of looking for a cheaper outside back who's going to probably make a little bit of money, Semi Valame may be a guy that gets gets on a little bit of a roll. Ruben Cotter, he's going to lose a little bit more money, which I don't mind because we know his quality down the track. Obviously, he's managed during this period, so he's at 669K, loses another 10K, so 650K-ish. So, again, track him over the origin period, anywhere near that low. 600s on the way, run home, and he could be a very, very valuable buy. Now, turning across to the Storm, now, they were totally outclassed in this one. They looked a little bit tired, both Harry Grant and also Munster were kind of well below their best. Munster was struggling fantasy-wise until the kind of the end. He got some junk points a little bit late to end up with a 39. Harry Grant missed a few different tackles in this one. Seven, actually, to put it. Only had, what, 32 metres gain and played 73 minutes. They managed him a little bit at the end. I do expect his minutes to be kind of managed around this time. I actually, I, I'm putting a big sell on him. I sold him just before the origin period, and I think he will continue to lose money. And then we can reevaluate kind of post the origin break whether we want to get him back. Now, a few people brought Nick Meany in this week. He scored a 40. Do you see the value? Like, he's the goal kicker in this team. Pappenhausen doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Actually had two tries this and a try. So, surprising that he only scored 40. Didn't really get going in terms of run meters. Had a few demerits as well. Had four missed tackles and, what, two errors there. So, he had about 12 demerits. So, a little bit of a 50-50 game there for Nick Meady. If you're holding Trenton Liero, may as well just continue, right? He's scored 48 and just continues to tick away. Apart from that, I'm not sure why people brought back Ellie Katsoa. So, yeah, a few people doing that. I don't really see... I think you kind of ran him into the first buy, and then I wouldn't really be bringing him back post that. But, you know, food for thoughts. I know he's a Kiwi, so... And he was getting a little bit on the cheaper side. But, yeah, no need for that. Will Warbrick, he's at, what, he scored a 20. I know a lot of people are still holding on to him. If you need him for round 16, hold him till then, and then maybe consider selling him. But apart from that, not much more to speak about. Nelson, Asofa, Solomona, must be really struggling with that rib injury. 33 minutes only, so I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. I just don't think that he's anywhere near fit and I think it's just way too much of a risk considering what we actually know in terms of information. And in the final game, we had the Panthers 26 beating the Dragons 18. The chin, unfortunately, tore his hamstring by the looks of things. He lasted 17 minutes. Tough t- tussle early, and then obviously the Dragons, you know, had the advantage of Nathan Cleary being out. I thought Jack Cotter, 
Cogger actually played pretty well. 485 kick metres for young Jack Cogger. 32 fantasy points in his 65 minutes. Set up a really good try for Brian Toho as well. So... Across the board, having a look at the Panthers player, take Tungo come back for his 49. Scotty Sorensen knocked out another 43. Liam Martin took, stole again some minutes from Zach Hosking. So I think post kind of maybe round 16, 17, Zach Hoskins will be a buy. Of course, probably the most likely players to replace him, unfortunately, actually have a buy in round 17. He got 31 and 64 in this one. Had a few demerits, but I do think he is a hold till after that buy round for me. I think there's going to be more kind of... More problems for you to have a look at. Now, James Fisher-Harris, we did recommend him. He got his 53 minutes. Only got 38 in this one. He just had a few demerits. Had three missed tackles. So he's going to have to fix that up. I was kind of hoping for a mid-40s, which would be kind of his scores, if he can kind of knock out his demerits. Apart from that, in terms of fantasy relevance-wise, Stephen Crichton was pretty disappointed for his 18. A little bit quiet there. Jerome Luai looked like he was limping with a bit of an ankle injury late in that game as well. So it'll be interesting to see any news out of that. But Isaiah Yeo was the big standout there, but you're not going to buy him seeing how deep into origin we actually are at the moment. Now, over to the Dragons, Zach Lomax. Another great performance, and he scored a try from a bomb in this one. Now, ever since moving back to the right centre, what he's what he's put together, 43, 36, and 51. So more of kind of what we expect from Zach Lomax. His run metres has definitely returned, as has his tackle break. So not recommending you probably buy him at 527k because you can get Jesse Raymond for much cheaper. But keep an eye on him. You might need him down the track. So apart from that... Janice Sewer hit up another 49. I guess Jacob Little, he only played 51 minutes, still scored out of 44. So that's still pretty good. Jaden Sullivan, he scored a 38 and 61. Probably the biggest concern there is Jack DeBellin. So like I said at the start of the show, grade one HIA. So he's going to be missing a week. Considering that, I am in the mindset of maybe cashing him down, maybe to, well, I think there's two things that you can do. You can maybe get a cheaper mid, which is a little bit of risk though in Sam Fainu. So he does come in at 250, but of course that's a very short-term play. The other thing I might be thinking is probably maybe Adam Elliott. Why I'm saying Adam Elliott is I know that he's going to play big minutes. He's got a fantasy track record. He's relatively cheap. I could probably cash 300K and then... Because the other thing I was probably thinking was maybe getting maybe getting Clemmer. But the thing with that is you don't want to be holding too many Tigers players. So I'll probably preference after the first buy round is to getting one of IPAP, maybe Britton Nakora, maybe Johnny Bateman. So two of those three guys. I just think maybe going Adam Elliott just helps me to manage my money a little bit better. And Adam Elliott, I think if he can return to a bit of health, a bit of form, could be a bit of a goer there. So we'll just kind of track that. Apart from that, uh, if you're still holding on the Ben, ben Murdoch Macillo, I think it is time to sell if you don't have any other fires to put out. Billy Burns scored out of 40, but I don't know. You can't trust any of these Dragons guys, I feel, moving forward. So I think it might be time to get out of maybe most of your Dragons guys. And I guess we'll get more news on how bad Jack DeMillon was, but he was stretched off. That's my only concern that... I know that they've got the buy in round 16, but yeah, I just don't know how many more trades that... Yeah, I just don't know if I want to hold him, but he's definitely in the firing round line too. He was tracking a little bit lighter than what he was in recent weeks. I was actually thinking that he did need the buy. He was missing a hell of a lot of tackles out there. Actually had four missed tackles and a penalty conceded. So he had 10 demerits as well. So 
yeah, it's an interesting coming one coming up. All right, guys, really hope uh, hope you enjoyed the playbook for this week. It's going to be a cracking week this week with so much to talk about. Bin the Chin's going to be coming back into fruition, as well as heaps of other stars to talk about, considering what we just seen. Yeah, played yeah played fantasy for a long, long time, and that's one of the the deep injury and big origin by period rounds that I've ever seen. All right, guys, we'll definitely check you on Tuesday. Sunday where the Kiwis was also out. Definitely highly recommend that you check that out. Tim, Rich, and Brenton were on that one for this week. Just remember, you can join us in a talking league box at the Roosters versus Storm game in round 20, courtesy of James. All you got to do is just enter the competition, which is free. Just head over to the socials and, yeah, just leave a comment on one of the posts. So if week one and two are done, there's going to be another one. They'll be definitely out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just simply enter, and we'll put you in the draw. And you can come out and get on the drink with me, Andy, Patty, and a few of the other boys. So really looking forward to that. Just remember, Game Day Squad have plenty of cash prizes coming up as well. So get stuck in on GDS. All right, guys, have a great week, and we'll check you on the Tuesday show.